Hello and welcome to the Total Entertainment Podcast with me, Paul Collis, and today we're going to be taking a look at Sabaton. I probably didn't pronounce that right, um, forgive me, and uh, their supporting artists, Lordy and Baby Metal. So, let's before we have a look at the bands individually, let's take a look at what they've got going on lighting, sound and AV wise. Well, today... It's a massive show. It's an 11 trucks show, and all the trucks have now been tipped, and most of the equipment's in the air. So, lighting wise, you have one, two, three, four, five trusses that are on the uh, vertical plane. So, going from stage up, from upstage to downstage, all loaded up with LED moving light profiles and a few washers. You've also got the AD strobe floods on there as well and a load of mole phases and I think they're on kinesis where they can pitch and tilt the uh, trusses up and down depending on what they needed. You also have two side trusses which are giving cross light with uh, some LED profiles and a couple of washes as well and you have LED strobe floods around the front of the stage. Now the front of the stage has been lipped with sandbags and um, brick walls. So it look and also there's a tank on the stage. There's more bunkers style buildings at the back of the stage and across the stage. So it does kind of look like a World War II scene. And on top of the tank, you have the drum kit. You also have some sandbags uh, upstage as well, just in line with the back of the end of the tank and drum kit. So it's looking pretty, pretty um, interesting to say the least. At the back of the stage you have a uh, LED screen and going from arcing over the stage from stage left to stage right is a semicircle with the tour to end all tours in lights which are all LED letters as well. So stage left and stage right you have the light arrays which are 2 wide and 12 deep and you have a little bit further back set at 45 degrees for surround sound effect some uh, line arrays uh, that are too wide and eight deep you also have three flown subs stage left and stage right behind the main line array also on the floor stage left and stage right you have a, a further bank of six subs on the floor so tech wise we now know what's up in the air ready to go they're currently flashing things out and uh, still working on the front of house truss which will be hung at some point in the near imminent future and I would, and I would assume that there will be some uh, profiles on there to give a bit of face light also above the uh, p above the mixer uh, position which is surrounded in mojo as well you also have another front of house truss with a load of uh, profile units possibly robo spots with led strobe floods on the front back and left and right side of this truss so fully loaded ready to go currently i can't see if there's going to be a uh, screen stage left or stage right but we shall see now we've gone over what's uh, on their stage which is still under construction I may add there's still lots to happen we will now take a look at the background behind the bands so Sabaton are a Swedish heavy metal band from uh, Fallon in Sweden 
The vast majority of their albums were written about historical, historical events, mainly wars and significant battles. Sabaton have been referred to as one of the big four power metal bands along with Halloween, Blind Guardian and Dragonforce. They are one of the most successful metal bands in Swedish history. They've been going since 1999 up until present day and have operated under the record labels Underground Symphony, Black Lodge and Nuclear Blast and they've had a spin-off called Civil War. The members are Jacob Broden, Pa Sunderstorm, Chris Rowland, Hans Van Dahl and Tommy Johansson and past members you have Oscar Montelius, Ricard Sunden, Richard Larison, Daniel Molbach, Daniel Murr, Robin Bach, and Thubble England. The band's main lyrical themes are based on war, historical battles, and acts of heroism influenced by such by bands such as Iron Maiden. Their name is a reference to Sabaton. Knight's Foot Armour. The armour and battle theme is heard in most songs in almost every album except Metalitza. In their album The Great War and The War to End All Wars, which were released in, on 19th of July to, uh, 2019 and 4th of March 2022. All the songs were based on World War One. Lyrical content drawn from World War One, World and World War Two, and other historical conflicts is prevalent in the lyrics. Often recite stories of heroic deeds by men, women, and armies, such as the song "White Death," which was made in honor of legendary Finnish sniper Samuel Heyer. This song and other Sebastian lyrics have been criticized by Swedish historian Michael Nilsson for avoiding the topic of Soviet communism and Soviet war crimes, and sometimes glorifying the Soviet Union. The band's supposed pro-Soviet stance is reinforced by the fact that they are performed at a show organised by Putin loyalist motorcycle club Night Wolves in Russian-occupied Crimea in 2015, and the bassist Sunstorm, in an interview with Sweden Rock magazine in 2016, stated that Crimea has previously been occupied by Ukraine. In 2022, Sebastian did nonetheless receive a public... Educator Award from the Swedish Skeptics Association after investigation by the Swedish Skeptics Association on these statements. Sabaton have also referred to as a power metal band by both music critics and general public deemed a major force in the power metal field since the mid 2000s. However, the band has traditionally rejected the term and they consider themselves a unique form of heavy metal. Bassist Par Sunderstorm said that said in an interview, I don't think Sabaton can be categorized as power metal as the two main attributes of power metal are high-pitched vocals and fantasy lyrics, and Sabaton have neither of those. We simply play our version of heavy metal. What heavy metal is to us, I'm sure that is impacted our reach, in addition to the fact that we won't, that we don't give up after only a few tries. That, and Sabaton's music appeals to people of all ages. So their discography is Primo Victoria in 2005, Atero Demantus in 2006, Metals uh, in uh, 2007, The Art of War in 2008, Coat of Arms in 2010, Carolus Rex in 2012, Heroes in 2014, The Last Stand in 2016, The Great War in 2019, and The War to End All Wars in 2022. 
Right, so that's a nice bit of information on Sabaton, and I'm looking forward to this because it looks on the well, the stage looks like it's going to be absolutely, absolutely awesome. Although it is taking up most of the set, and I'm not sure how much space uh, the supporting artists are going to get, but we shall find out soon enough. Lordy are. A Finnish rock band formed in 1992 by the band's lead singer, songwriter and costume maker Mr. Lordi, Tommy Petteri Pisanu. Influenced by hard rock and heavy metal music, Lordi are known for wearing monster masks and using horror elements with pyrotechnics during concerts and music videos. The band rose to fame in 2002 with their hit single Would You Love a Monster Man and won the Eurovision Song Contest in 2006 with their song Hard Rock Hallelujah. So the record labels they've been under are Atomic Fire, AFM, Sony, Gun, The End, BMG and Drakkar. And current members are Mr. Lardy, Hella, Mana, Hissy and Cone. And past members are G Steeler, Enery, Magnum, Kaita, Kalma, Oa, Otis, Ox and Amen. Lordy has toured and recorded and recorded actively since 2002, and Mr. Lordy upgrades the band's costumes and masks for each album. The band has gone through several lineup changes, with Mr. Lordy being the only consistent member of the band since their foundation. Members of Lordy have stated their desire for their unmasked faces to remain private. However, they have made a number of unmasked appearances on several news outlets. Lordy's music is informed by hard rock and heavy metal music. The band's horror-related albums, the monster costumes worn by all the band members and the horror elements of their performances are hallmarks of shock rock. The band was mostly influenced by Kiss, but also by Alice Cooper, Iron Maiden and Twisted Sister. Although the band is often perceived by the media as a heavy metal band due to their monster costumes, the musical style has more characteristics of, of the hard rock genre. Over the years, the band's musical style has taken a very varied direction between hard rock and metal, with the pattern seeming as though it changes between the two with every album released. Their debut album, Get Heavy, represented a larger part of the, of the traditional hard rock music but by the release of their the monster dream album in 2004 the band has shifted considerably towards heavier music and horror effects were prominently displayed however in their 2006 album the arocalypse lordy shifted back towards hard rock ensuring horror themes and special effects the 2008 studio album De uh, dead ache included more typical horror elements leaning once again towards the heavier side of the spectrum. Babies for Breakfast saw the band once again shift back to the traditional hard rock elements, with an even greater exposure to the 1980s than the band's previous albums. The Beast are not to Beast that focuses completely on heavy metal and was the band's heaviest album. Their 2014 album, Scarefulness One, contains elements of heavy metal while still maintaining a melodic rhythm of hard rock. The, band is two, the band's 2016 album, Monster Phonic, is a split album consisting of two parts. Part one of the album, Theatera, contains hard rock, whilst part two, Democracy, is conceptual and much more progressive than any of Lordy's earlier content. Lordy members have stated that their costumes were inspired by Kiss and, horror, and the horror genre. 
Mr. Lordy himself has said that without Kiss, Lordy probably would not exist. The monster masks and costumes the bands use are made of foam latex, with some other materials like canvas, metal and, and leather. The masks and costumes of Lordy are are all and always made by Lordy himself. As a professional makeup artist and sculptor, Mr. Lordy has the necessary knowledge to produce these things easily. The band members do each other's makeup. The band updates their outfits and masks for each new album. It takes the other band members about one hour to put their masks and costume on, though it takes Mr. Lordy two or three hours to put on his, and he also said that the materials for suits cost a few hundred euros. The monster costumes are such an integral part of Lord's publicity image that they refuse to be photographed or even interviewed without them, even if in some cases it leads to their own discomfort. Lordy has done interviews without their masks, but the interviews are always filmed from the back so their faces are not visible. Previously, during interviews, Lordy members spoke only English to the cameras, not their native, native Finnish. In a brief segment on the BBC reporting about the band attending the Eurovision Song Contest in 2006, they were, shown, they were shown lounging beside the pool in full sunlight whilst wearing their monster costumes. Pyrotechnics and horror elements are important parts of Lordy's stage show and designed and mostly created by Mr. Lordy. Lordy's pyrotechnics are inspired by Kiss, while the horror elements are largely de derived from horror movies with some influence from Alice Cooper. The stage platform is also equipped with monster actors, zombies, dolls, tricks and sometimes stage dancers. Mr. Lordy is also known to use a two-headed axe. In 2009, the band made some new special effects with help from wetter workshops of New Zealand. The workshop has also designed scenery for movies such as Lord of the Rings, King Kong and 30 Days of Night. So their studio albums are Get Heavy in 2002, The Monster Seeing Dream in 2004, The Apocalypse in 2006, Deadache in 2008, Babies for Breakfast in 2010. To Beast or Not To Beast in 2013, Scare Force 1 in 2014, Monster Phonic in 2016, Sexorcism in, uh, t in 2018, Certain in 2020, Law Diversity in 2021, and Scream and Writers Guild in 2023. Their music appeared in The Kin in 2004, Dark Floors in 2008 and Monster Man in 2014. Right, so that is a nice piece of info on them. Now we're going to check out Baby Metal. Now I've done a lot of reviews of Baby Metal's music on our music review channel, The X Review. So if you want to check those out, the link there will be links in the description below. So Baby Metal is stylized as a Kawi metal band consisting of Suzuka Nakamoto as Sea Metal, Moe Kikuchi as uh, Mo Metal and Momoko Okazaki as Moma Metal. The band is produced by Cobra Metal from the uh, from the Amused Talent Agency. Their vocals are backed by heavy metal instrumentation performed by a group of session musicians known as the Kami Band at performances. So their genres are Kami Metal, J-Pop, Power Metal and Alternative Metal and they started in 2010 and remain active to today. They, assign, they have signed with BMD Fox 
Toys Factory, Cooking Vinyl, Ear Music, Sony Music and Baby Metal Worldwide. And they're a spin-off of Sakura Golkin. The band was formed in 2010 with the original lineup of Sue Metal, Vocal and Dance, Moma Metal, Scream and Dance and Yui Mizuno as Yui Metal, Scream and Dance, with the concept of creating a fusion of heavy metal and Japanese idol genres. Originally a subunit of the Japanese idol group Sakura Gorkin, Baby Metal became an independent act in 2013 following Nakamoto's departure from Sakura Gorkin. Baby Metal have released four studio albums since their inception. The first, Baby Metal, came out in February 2014. The second album, Metal Resistance, was released worldwide in April 2016. The group released their third album, Metal Galaxy, in October 2019. Their fourth album, The Other One, was released in March 2023. Baby Metal has embarked on several tours, with a majority of their tour dates taking place outside of Asia. In October 2018, Baby Metal announced that Yui Mizuno has decided to leave the band due to poor health, following her absence from live performances since December 2017. After her departure, the band performed with one or more backup dancers at live performances. One of these dancers, Momoko Akizuki, who was a former member of Sakura Gorkin, joined Baby Metal as the third core member in April 2023 under the name Momo Metal. According to Kai, Koba Metal, Kobayashi, the band's executive producer, the band was formed under the idea of a new type of metal and the members of the band received divine messages from the Fox God, although though Nakamoto explained that these messages received were indirect as they would be sent to Koba Metal first. He stated that it was up to the people's decision to accept or reject the idea. Additionally, he accept, he rejected the notion that the band being a metal or pop act, preferring to preferring the one and only baby metal. Kikuchi joked that the three members did not decide to join the band, as it was a destiny chosen by the Fox God, whose goal is said to have the band perform and spread their music all over the world. The band have has received varied reception by the public. Some critics praised the band for being creative and rule-breaking in the metal genre, while others called the band a novelty group and a silly balancing act. When asked about people who do not consider the band's pop-infused music metal, Nakamoto acknowledged the claims and praised such accusations warranting how metal pursuits have their own own preferences for metal being a certain way and taking them into consideration for the band's progress. The fanbase collectively referred to as The One has been noted by Mitsuno to be a mixed demographic of varying age, noting the fans of metal and pop. She described the metalheads who look, who look like themselves and the pop fans who dress and cosplay as them. She further emphasised the importance of being able to reach out to younger music fans branching out to the metal genre via baby metal, noting her own lack of experience of metal before joining the band. On on December 10th 2013, Baby Metal released Baby Metal Apocalypse, an incomplete binder that would be gradually filled with pages intermittently made available later. Pages would include the lore of baby metal, artwork and photos, and information on the member-exclusive events like Apocrypha during the Baby Metal World Tour 
2014 by purchasing the binder and entering a code included with the enclosed art book online one could join the band's official fan club called baby metal apocalypse web the video upload a video uploaded to baby metal apocalypse web members in december 20, 2014 announced the transition to a new official fan club called the one which started with the limited edition release for live at badoken red knight and black knight apocalypse and would continue to release member exclusive media with news published to the official fan site baby metal is credited for creating the kawaii metal cute metal in english genre which combines elements from j-pop and heavy metal this genre has introduced metal to new audiences and may and many new kawaii metal bands have formed since baby metal's debut while most kawaii metal bands are based in japan the genre has begun to spread outside the country to places like south korea where kawaii metal bands like Pritz have formed furthermore the reach of baby metal's influence has stretched to has stretched far beyond Japan. In 2016, Baby Metal became the highest charting Japanese band ever in the UK's official charts with the release of their album Metal Resistance. In the US, Metal Resistance was the first Japanese album to chart the Billboard Top 40 in over 50 years, where it reached number 39 in the first week. The last Japanese artist to break the Top 40 was Kyu Sakamoto in 1963. In 2019, Baby Metal became the first Asian act to top the Billboard Rock Albums charts with the release of their third studio album Metal Galaxy. And their discography is Baby Metal in 2014, Metal Resistance in 2016, Metal Galaxy in 2019, the other one in 2023. So a nice bit of info on there and as I said already I've done a lot of reviews of a lot of their songs on my other channel The X Review so click the links in the description below to get to The X Review and go over to the playlist marked Baby Metal. Right, now we've had a look at their background, let's take a look at how every band has performed. Okay, so it's now the next day and let's go over how the show went. So, lordy, wow, where to begin? So, the intro began with some uh, cartoon-style horror music. There was um, some Congo Blue, which was, it just peppered the front of the stage, you know, nice low level uh, Congo Blues to give it a nice UV effect um, then Lordy stepped out and when he did there was a massive round of applause from the entire audience and uh, then they began as soon as the overture had faded out so Lordy didn't have uh, much space I mean <laughs> Sabaton's uh, set which was all uh, covered up and covered up very well took up pretty much the entirety of the stage and uh, that gave Lordy the length of the stage but like three meters of the stage uh, depth no, I wouldn't even say three meters more like two meters when you consider that baby metal stuff was behind their stuff so yeah <laughs> they also had a kabuki with a center stage which was of a uh, derelict style got a derelict gothic style castle and that looked really good under the lights as well so it was designed purely for dark lighting uh, so reds purples uvs blues and it looked amazing actually wouldn't it really did anyways i digress so behind lordy as well 
you had some uh, canvas screens which are covering up the bits for uh, baby metal which uh, I'll go into later on but these screens there's five of them and there were more sections of the uh, well it was an extension of the kabuki so more sections of this uh, derelict gothic style castle so lighting wise they cross uh, lot lighting wise lordy were crosslit by the uh, side trusses that are in the air and they also had the use of the front of house LED profiles and washers as well as the LX1 LED profiles and washers. So obviously the front of house ones were giving them the face light and the uh, LX1 units, they were backlighting Lordi. And I have to say, Lordi's lighting just had the um, late 80s, early 90s uh, style to it, which was good, I love it. So basically, where they didn't have uh, banks and banks of past 64s with different colours they had uh, in place the LED uh, profile units which when they're narrow beamed so you focus it to a narrow beam it has a nice past 64 effect uh, especially when you are strobing it and giving lots of punching uh, chases to it as well so not only did you have that kind of wash lights you where they had um, the tight LED, uh, you, where they tightly focus the LED uh, beams, they uh, made shapes in the background as well, which sometimes went out into the audience and, pepper, and peppered the audience, as you would in the uh, back in the uh, glory days of uh, of heavy metal. So every other song was pretty much the same uh, lighting design, but it was uh, either a solid wash of red or. Uh, or blue or congo or they'd have a mix up between the narrow beams and the shapes and whatnot and every song was uh, different color combinations and it did look good you know that's how it was supposed to look like a proper metal show from back in the day now sound wise it was loud it was proud and it was um, and it had a good standard of clarity at 22 karat gold standard clarity that is and that's exactly what you expect from a group like Lordi so performance wise the audience were with Lordi from start through finish and the audience was singing they are moshing they are clapping they are cheering through the entirety of their set Lordi were an amazing band of showmen with their uh, larger than life costumes and makeup as well as playing their instruments in uh, character I mean they were all in character they never dropped it uh, which had another dimension to the uh, to the actual performance of the uh, piece it was brilliant so and especially when they've got those heavy costumes on and all those and the masks as well that would have been a nightmare to be honest uh, all the heat from the lights the heat from the audience and the heat that's just trapped into the costume as well so you have to hand it to Lordi you know you've been able to do an energetic performance and uh, not fainting on site on uh, the stage from a uh, heat exhaustion brilliant absolutely brilliant and the audience loved it so baby metal the house lights went down and the audience were uh, peppered with Congo blue with some uh, with some how can I put it some some dra some dreary music for the overture 
with uh, a spiel reminiscent of how Liam Nielsen uh, did his uh, War of the Worlds speech from uh, Jeff Wayne's musical version, the remake version of War of the Worlds. It just had that tone to it and they're going on about how the spirits were formed baby metal. It's great. So, Yenjo finished and Baby Metal uh, walked out on the stage with uh, red strobes and from their strobals. Now, these strobals, they had a big wall of light behind them in five modules. And coincidentally, there's five, uh, screen, five canvas screens behind Lordy. So, there we go. That's what they were covering. This wall of light had um, six LED strobe floods, so three a three aside on each module, and then you also had three in the middle between each bank of uh, between each bank of LED strobe floods. You had three, no, three LED wash units, and they they looked amazing. It just had a nice punch to that wall of light. It was constantly going either on static. To give a nice wash of the colour from the flood, from the flood perspective, or they would strobe in sequences with in reds, whites, or at Congo, or Congo blues as well, depending on the uh, song that they're doing. And they also had the same lighting as uh, Lordy in the respect of the side lights. They had front house one and they had LX one to backlight them. And they also had a few of their own uh, floor profile units as well to give even more strobe punch effects which would go in time with the music. So sound wise they were loud. They reached to 124 decibels in the pit on the C reading. So you've got A reading and C reading. And C reading is what I tend to go by when I'm monitoring the noise. Anyways. Um, but they still maintained a good level of clarity. Now, how was their performance? And what can I say? They were amazing. And I have to, I have to say as well, we've, I've done a load of reviews of baby metal songs on my other YouTube channel, The X Review. The link for that is in the description below. So if you uh, listen to this review and you haven't seen my uh, reviews of their music, feel free to do it. Uh, as I said, the link is in the description of this video. Yeah, so I digress a little bit, sorry guys. So, yes, they their performance was lively, it was energetic, and the dance moves, bloody hell. Now, those, those were as fast in places, in, in fact, I'd say in parts of the uh, routines, they were, they were moving faster than the strobe lights behind them and also being able to sing <laughs> to that speed as well is phenomenal absolutely phenomenal um baby metal were energetic from start through finish they uh they had great stage presence and they were feeding off the audience's energy as much as the audience were feeding off their energy and well <laughs> The audience loved them. You had everyone moshing along to Baby Metal. It was brilliant. They were cheering. They were cheering, they were screaming. And in some places, some people were actually singing. I could hear as well in the audience. But you had the whole audience moshing 
or bouncing or bouncing up and down to them as well. It was great to see. And Baby Metal are a great band to watch live. I've only seen recordings of their live performances up until now, and this is and this is the first time I personally got to see them live in concert, and they were amazing. So if you ever get an opportunity to do so, definitely check out Baby Metal. So Sabaton, the lights went the lights went down with LED profiles scanning the audience then there was a loud bang from some py some pyrotechnic explosions and the lights went off there's a blackout again then they started up again scanning the audience and then a siren sounded and all of a sudden bang 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 the whole front of the stage had explosion after explosion and the lights come up with Sabaton going straight into their first song. It was brilliant. And lighting wise, well, how can I put this? It looked like a uh, war film. Constant, constant yellow and ambers and reds and flame colours throughout the whole show. Bit of sepia here and there from the LED strobe floods. And yes, they got a nice sepia effect from those LED strobe floods, either um, in a static or with a nice uh, strobing sequence as well. Sometimes they had they mix it up with with blues and yellows. Yet again, more war kind of colours as I'd put it. So blue representing the sky, and the uh, yeah those representing the ammunition getting launched towards them and whatnot. Because most of uh, Sabaton's songs are uh, songs about war, and the lighting reflected that. It really, really did. Very theatrical in design, and it worked really, really well. And also being completely in time to the music. Perfect, absolutely perfect. And then in conjunction with the AD screen behind their uh, backdrop drape, which is more of a gauze drape, so you had not only did you have camera close-ups, uh, vision mixing in, but you also had war footage, not real war footage, but movie style uh, war footage. So planes flying, um, explosions in the background and whatnot, war machines, the lot. It was great. It was really good to see visually and sensory, I would say as well, because they'd have people on the war machines such as airplanes and whatnot guns going off in the background it was it was great it looked amazing such a good theatrical piece um, and lots and lots of haze um, and uh, the only and it wouldn't have worked without the sheer amount of haze that they had because when they're stro doing using strobe floods as whites or off whites or even ambers and sepias to represent uh, explosions and guns and mortars and whatnot going off. The way how they'd strobe, those strobe colours would hit the smoke, it would just look quite theatrically uh, warlike. It had a purpose, and they and their lighting designer obviously had a massive play around with how to pull this off. And that lighting designer did really well, in my opinion. So sound-wise. It was loud again, um, they were pretty much as loud as Baby Metal were, but 
unfortunately in places of the uh, in places around the uh, venue you had drops in sound so if you were in direct uh, view of the line arrays where they've got the subs in the air behind the main line arrays and uh, un directly underneath you had the subs there as well so you that's where you'd get the nice full uh, the full punch of the sound but unfortunately towards the middle because there was no subs in the middle of the stage area you just lost a bit of the oomph which was a pity it was a pity but it did have a good sound to it there was lots of clarity within the piece itself it just didn't have as much punch in the chest as you'd expect um, well you did have the punch in the chest from, uh, from stage left uh, uh, line array to stage right line array but it's just those little pockets that you just didn't get the full coverage which I thought was a shame really but then again the uh, Cardiff Arena is notoriously difficult to mix the sound and get it right in there because of the reflections of the sound so it is always a battle in that venue and if they've never operated in that venue before then um, you wouldn't know and it was it was a shame because for the vast majority of the show the sound was great it's just those little pockets where it just lost that punch which is it was a shame really it really was um, now performance wise wow I've not seen an audience react like they did to Sabaton in such a long time after every song the, the audience not only were they cheering but they were calling out the the band's name Sabaton Sabaton from start to finish they're set they're screaming it during the actual songs they were moshing they were they were bobbing their heads up and down you had some people uh, open up some small circle pits nothing massive though which was a shame because I would have expected more larger scale cir circle pits but it's just the nature of the beast. Sometimes it, it just doesn't happen the way that you want it to. But their performance was second to none. Very theatrical. And yeah, it was a work of art. They did a proper work of art. And the audience loved them for it. Their, uh, their, the way how they played their instruments were awesome. And uh, their songs, yet again, were awesome vocally awesome as well and visually visually stunning you couldn't ask for more and that's 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 all i can say you couldn't ask for more now if you are a fan and you can still get your your mitts on a ticket on their tour and you still haven't got one pick up the phone and or pick up pick up the phone and uh, go on the website and buy your ticket because it is money well spent it really really is you get such a nice visual and audio at you get a nice experience from watching this show and it was definitely well worth the money for those who paid to watch the show they definitely got value for money for that one thank you for listening to the total entertainment podcast if you've enjoyed today's episode please hit like subscribe and share and if you haven't already done so you want to check out more content from master x media by clicking the link in the description below and we shall catch you later bye for now